MailChimp presents. Clusters aren't always a bad thing. Like a cluster of stars in the night sky, or those crunchy little clusters in your cereal. But you know what's never good? A clustomer. A clustomer is what happens when marketers group customers with very different behaviors into one big messy audience. Like when someone receives a new customer coupon code, but they're already an existing customer. Intuit MailChimp can help. They offer email marketing personalization tools that help marketers send product recommendations and discounts based on behavior data, turning your customers back into the unique customers that they are. Intuit MailChimp, the number one email marketing and automations brand. Based on competitor brands' publicly available data on worldwide number of customers in 2021 and 2022. The Jump is a podcast where I, Shirley Ann Manson, sit down with musicians and talk about the one song that changed everything. I have to confess that I was a little nervous about meeting Jonesy, lead singer of Cigar Ross, one of the most original sounding and thrilling bands of my generation. I didn't know what to expect, as I'd been told that he was notoriously difficult to interview. Conversely, I found him to be utterly charming, amusing and laser sharp. That is, once we got past the initial frost. I posed my first question to him, only to be met by what seemed to me at the time an eternity of complete and utter silence. All the time he was looking at me straight in the face. It was excruciating, but I was of course deeply thrilled because I love a man who knows how to keep me on my toes. Listen to my interview with the fabulous Jonesy here. Extraordinary record, extraordinary career that you have had, and uh, a peculiarly unique sound, which in this day and age is extraordinary to be able to forge that kind of sound and be the only one. Okay. (laughs) So how did this emerge, this sound of yours? Um... I mean, that's a big question, so I, no, I don't no, quite yeah, know. No, it, it makes sense. So I guess I just, when I was really young, I grew up um, listening to the Beatles, usually like on double speed on my vinyl turntable. So it's like always too fast. Then I went into heavy metal. Wait, 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 hold on. What did you say? You listened to a 45 instead of 33 and a half? No, like, um, what's it called? The 78 78. or something? Yeah, something like that. Fast. Fast. (laughs) This is such a peculiar beginning. (laughs) (laughs) You listen to Beatles records at the wrong speed. Yes, when I was like 10 years old or something. And then my next musical memory is my cousin was really into heavy metal. So I went into heavy metal, like Iron Maiden, Metallica and like ACDC and like overkill and megadeth and all that stuff and i think that that was really healthy that's where i got my sense of melody i think like because old metal is really melodic yep and it's kind of like on the words of being classical music somehow then i went into my parents record closet like went into like you're a heap and the purple and all that you know hippie stuff and that was good. 
and then I went into grunge mode, I think, like Nirvana and all that stuff. You were a flighty little devil. Yes, and then I went into ambient. So yeah, there's a lot of influences. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I started in um, like few bands, and then I I kind of even we started Sigros when I was like eighteen or something. So how old were you when you discovered that you had some form of musical curiosity? Uh, I started learning guitar when I was nine, acoustic guitar, and it was horrible and I hurt my fingers and it was just like horrible guitar and it was just like not easy to play but yeah then when I got into very into heavy metal my cousin was we yeah we used to, uh, my father got me my first electric guitar when I was 13 and then I was really getting into heavy metal and I, yeah I remember me and my cousin playing and jamming out in my bedroom and stuff like that. that was, yeah, and I kind of slowly... And I always... I would try to do guitar solos because that's kind of where I kind of like... I've played guitar because I like guys who did guitar solos. Because it excited you? Yeah, and I thought it was just so cool. And like, you know... But yeah, then I figured out I was just really bad at it. And I just started writing songs and that, and which was really good. And so you um, knew at what age that your songs were really good? Uh, I don't know. I, uh, like I don't know, sixteen or something. Yeah, then we yeah started singers when I was eighteen. We all liked like slow, drawn out ambient music. I guess we really into like spiritualized verve. Also really into smashing pumpkins in the you know the first album. So we kind of into this grunge ambient thing. We played for a year the band before we kind of found our sound or our direction basically what is your engine as a as a creative uh need like um that's just like you have to do it to be sane in this world we live in which is pretty weird and i think also when you're growing up in iceland where it's like dark and depressing nine months of the year and cold, you can't be outside, so you just basically have to do something to, yeah, like I said, to be sane and happy. And that started basically, you noodle in your room, guitar or something, and then you start a band, and then you find you create something out of nothing with your friends. I don't know where it comes from, <laughs> but it is beautiful, and you feel fulfilled and really happy and, like, satisfied so, yeah, it's always been a need. On this programme, of course, so we concentrate basically on one song in which in your career you've discovered something new or you took some extraordinary risk or there was a jump of some sort and you picked, now, I can't speak, neither Icelandic nor um, Valeska or whatever you... You didn't however rehearse you before I came? Or? <laughs> <laughs> but is it Svenji Englar? Is that yeah, how Sepp, I say it? Svenji Englar. Sefkengler. Yes. And you picked that as, which came off the second record. Can you say it for me? <laughs> I'll get this bit in. <laughs> this extraordinarily beautiful record of yours. Um, but I wanted to know why you picked that particular track. Um, I think we did one album before and that was definitely quit school when I was maybe like 18 or something and I, or 19 and I took a 
big bank loan <laughs> and I bought a, myself a studio with my friends. And but after what I'm thinking now is pretty cool thing to do. Brave thing to do. Yeah. Or a nuts thing exactly, to do. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> or really stupid. <laughs> but yeah, so I we I kinda went deep 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 into that, like learning all the equipment and how to record stuff. So So basically how to engineer, right? Yeah. So there was that the the first album was a lot of experimentation, trying things out and just be in the studio and hang out and playing with things and effects and machines and stuff like that. So the first album is pretty experimental in a cool, fun way because it's it's definitely it has has that young blood attitude to it. It was everything goes, nothing is wrong, nothing is right. So it's kind of fun. And the second album is this song is on Swap Gingler. It's kind of the I think it's the first song on the album. But that's kind of more when we went into a studio with a, like a proper engineer and like really good studio and they had the, like the first SSL mixer in Iceland. There was no SSL mixer in Iceland, like the big nice mm. mixer. So yeah, that was kind of really kind of exciting time for us. Like I went to like a proper studio and record everything well and worked for the first time with like a string orchestra and brass and like um, stuff like that. I got like some people to help us play on the album. So it was a really ambitious, it was a really ambitious album and it kind of went all out on it production wise and also just like um, time wise. Like I remember the record company, the Bad Taste. It's called Bad Taste in Iceland. Like really, kind of like, got really mad because we went really behind on time and stuff like that. So we and when we were gonna release it, we kind of said to stop and just delayed, delayed it for a year and just kept on building on top of the songs and recording more. And, and it was just really fun, creative, innocent, like fulfilled, summery bright time where everything was just exciting it's just a beautiful thing And also that song is kind of where I started to kind of develop the, if you say like Sigur Sand, with, with me playing the cello bow on my electric guitar. And that kind of plays kind of a little bit big part in where, so basically we were playing for a year in rehearsal space, didn't know what they were doing. No, no, it was just really fun. And we were kind of like, it was all like kind of like grungy, smashing pumpkin sounding. Because we like kind of love smashing pumpkins and stuff like that, and then I started playing the guitar with a um, cello bow, my electric guitar with like a lot of effects, like reverb and echoes and stuff like that, and that then we kind of found something. Oh, this is interesting, different. Like it sounds kind of floaty and cool, and kind of more kind of the direction we want to go. And then also I 
sang I started singing when I was younger because nobody else sang so I just had to sing because nobody else was there to sing and I found if I sang because we I had my vocal just my microphone into like a really shitty guitar and I found and it was just so loud so I found that if I sang really high like in falsetto I could kind of I kind of he could hear myself more <laughs> and it was easier for me to pitch my voice so could that's, cut through yeah exactly the bullshit so that's kind of how I started singing in falsetto also so by mistake really kind of by mistake yeah and were all the songs on that record written before you went into the studio or were they written as you went along yeah most of that was written before yeah I think so can you remember when you wrote Svengengelar um you're in definitely in some really shitty rehearsal rehearsal room (laughs) exactly like horrible (laughs) they're always horrible in Reykjavik like really dark and dingy and like but you know it's I also have like a really romantic time of that when you look back you know of course (laughs) on the dingy dressing rooms like ashtrays everywhere and beer cans and like we were just young and really horny just like making music and just enjoying everything about it just like working like being in the studio and some like night shifts because it was the only thing we could afford and it's like it was just all about being so deep in it that's like nothing else came life wasn't even there it was just you were just making music and that was the most important thing in your world so when you wrote it do you how does it work in the band at that time did you bring an idea in or did you all work on it together? Or do you have words and then you start setting them to music? How, how, what's your process? So the process in Sigros has always been, and still is, that we all do everything together. It's really a demo- democratic band. So basically nobody comes in with an idea and we jam on that. It's always that we are in rehearsal space together. We start playing together somehow, maybe the drummer and the bass player starts jamming something and I come on top and the keyboard player comes in or something or and then something evolves into and you you slowly sculpt it into a song. And so do the melodies come at the same time as you're playing? Yes. Always at the same time and pretty fast and the hard thing is the lyrics I guess. And do the lyrics come at the same time or do they come later? They always come later. It's kind of the last minute possible. It's always the worst thing. When you're writing a song for the first time and you just you sing some babble, you know, some bullshit, and you just, you know, the, often these sounds are actually really true to the melody and the song. And usually you sing something that really, some syllables or something that really lend themselves to the song rightly. So you kind of just, I always, when, I've, when I have to do lyrics, <laughs> This is hard because lyrics and words are naked and they're so exposed. It's kind of hard for me. So, because, yeah, music becomes is so natural. Words are really, like, I don't know, forced. So, yeah, when I have to do words, they always come at the, at the end. And I always listen to the guide vocal, which I've done, which I recorded some, like, demo or something. I always listen to it. And usually there are some indication of words or some yeah syllables or something you can like latch on oh this kind of sounds like that and then oh yeah okay maybe that means that and like it slowly kind of evolves into lyrics 
Uh, it is interesting our relationship in Seguros. We kind of don't like talking in general to each other. So we just play and then it slowly evolves and we kind of have similar sense of what works and what is good and what is bad. So there's not much talking going on and there's no... We just slowly hone in on what feels right and what feels good and what makes us feel good. So it just slowly happens like that. So it's, it's fun. This song was like really woomy. It's like it was always underwater sound. And we had this like a sonar thing in the song, like bing. Yeah. Like this goes kind of through the song with this kind of like a thread in there. And yeah, it was definitely something about being in a womb. <laughs> and um, yeah, then you like basically, yeah, then you're born and things get hectic. <laughs> when you're born into the world. Right. <laughs> what does the title mean? Sep Engler. Yeah. So it's basically like a Sep Engler means like a sleepwalker, walkers. But uh, when you t- break it down, it's like a sleep, like a then G and then angels. So, so sleeping angels. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it was just about basically the society we live in and everybody's just walking around in a like coma or something, robots or something. When this album came out and when we started to get a little bit noticed in foreign countries, not Iceland, that I kind of like that, that people actually didn't had no clue what the song was about, but they kind of have their own interpretation of the song. Which, and I thought that was really precious to me, that you actually just really connect to something even though it's not in your like own language, not in English or whatever. But people connect to it on some deeper musical level. I thought that was just really interesting. And yeah. Like Are you competitive? No, not at all. I don't like any kind of competition. Do you ever have any stress as a musician with an um, incredible career? No, what do you mean? Like, well, do you ever worry it's going to run away from you? Not really. I, I'm, I feel like also I'm not a musician sometimes. Like if, like some people like love being on tours, love playing shows, love being in a band and it's just like all their life. And for me, it's kind of always, it's fine. <laughs> I'm like, I can sometimes fun to be a, on tour, but sometimes it's horrible. Sometimes. <laughs> That's the understatement of the year. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's great being in a band, sometimes it's horrible. So just, 
but but I if I would stop making music, I would just do something else, and I'm fine with it. I'm always fine with life, or like, you know, you just this life is huge, and it's just so abundant of everything. So, I guess if yeah, I would stop making music, I would just like a, I don't know, you can just become an artist or something, or perfumer or something. <laughs> and are you interested in production in a serious way? What do you mean? In the production or the production end oh, of this, making the sounds like producing? and putting them together. Oh, no, yeah, I'm hugely excited about that. That's kind of my, like, that's basically, that's basically what Sigurds is. Basically, it is just simple pop songs, but they're just produced in that way. You think of them as pop songs? Yeah, if you scale it down really simply, Play play twice as fast on acoustic guitar. Yes, it's basically back to the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, amazing. Twice as fast. Yeah. Yeah, and can you tell me a little bit because I got really sort of waylaid as I was sort of looking into you. You know that I've been dreaming about you for weeks because I knew this interview was coming up, <laughs> and I just sort of yeah, I was having really strange dreams. But the biggest dream that was inspired by knowing I was coming to meet you face to face was your collaboration on a research ship with the Swedish composer Carl Michael oh. von Hauswolf. Yeah, which is Dark Morph, right? You just put yeah. a record out this year. Yeah. First of all, tell me how you ended up on a research ship because it makes you sound like Captain Ahab or something about <laughs> to spear Moby Dick. Yeah, it is pretty random. But uh, we have a mutual friend, Francesca von Habsburg. Which is, There's uh, a name. There's a name for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, she, and she has this research vessel and she invited some artists and scientists and stuff like that on like two and a half week, like um, basically kind of research trip slash holiday. So, and we went to Bali and Tonga. And so it was basically supposed to be a holiday, but I have a hard time doing nothing, basically. So she has a lot of cameras and recording equipment on the boat. basically. So we, me and Mickey, and I met him on the boat and uh, we really connected because he's like a, I don't know, like an experimental musician, like has, is kind of incredible, like incredibly clever, intelligent, fun guy to be around with. And we kind of re hit it off like immediately. And we kind of just started to record on the boat. Basically, we like we started to record like a field recordings on the islands we were going to and then also we did like some like um hydrosonic recording recordings like underwater and stuff like that we were always trying to like find some whales and we found whales on the last day we were there like amazing recordings okay. but uh yeah but it was just pretty spontaneous and we so basically we were just did an album in like two weeks there on the boat of field recordings yeah everything yeah. was field recordings yeah if you have a frame, like oh, you can only use field recordings, and then sometimes it's more creative. So, yeah, that was fun. Music is always fun. It always comes pretty naturally and easy to me. Music is really kind of I feel like it's not maybe part of life. It's more just like some universal thing that is streamed down to you, <laughs> and you just like trying to tame it or capture it and put it into a some kind of a song or something.
are you aware or, or are you careful to try and always mine different notes, different structures, or, or do you not try not to pay attention to that and just cut, see what comes naturally as a writer? No, I think the first instinct, the first spark is always really precious. And, you know, I guess you just have to try to, like, harness that somehow, not play to death and, like, overpolish something or... But... Oh, shit, what was the question? <laughs> I zoned out. <laughs> Great. Just like... No, yeah, okay. So I think I'm just try. When you get older, you... <laughs> You just <laughs> when you make music, it just for me personally. Why are you laughing? Why is this funny? Because <laughs> I just l- love saying older. It's just funny. Why is it funny? I don't know because life is funny. You but just, why is old being old funny? Because you get like, you know, just older. You get like. You don't like older. No, no. It's just my mind is always the same, but my body is start to get like all soggier and like <laughs> just kind of like <laughs> not as. Not as fun as it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> There's a euphemism and a half. I know. But like yeah, but but writing music for me personally, the more you do it, because I've been doing it for like, I don't know, thirty years or something. But I, th- I just the more you the, the, the but I just want to be excited. I want to be I want to be surprised. So you just have to experiment with something like try new plugins, try Try a new way of doing things or like just keep you motivated and excited. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Jump is an original series from MailChimp, and I'm your host, Shirley Manson. It's produced by Lyra Smith in partnership with Little Everywhere. Executive produced by Dan Gallucci, Jane Marie, and Rushikesh Hirway. Original music composed by Rushikesh Hirway. Hirway.